game, I don't know if you ever played uh, that game Fortnite, but all the youth are playing it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> my son uh, wanted some upgrade on on the game, and uh, and he, he he came to me. He needed ten dollars. He's like, Dad, can I can I do something to earn some extra money? And I was like, Well, no, not really, because we already give you too much money each week as it is. So you know, we got three toilets in the house. I'll give you uh, you clean each toilet. I'll give you a dollar per toilet. And he was like, ah, How about three dollars per toilet? And I was like, Well. I don't negotiate with terrorists, so no. And he, so then he responds back to me. He's like, well, how about $2? And I was like, how about 50 cents? And at the end of the day, he successfully earned $0. He did nothing. Uh, it, everything sounds great when the price is right. Everything sounds great when it's maybe free. It's part of our human nature, right? We want greater allowance without our parents asking greater work from us. We want greater benefits from our employer without having to pay into those benefits. We want fruit from the garden without having to weed the garden. We want to marvel at God without having to sacrifice for God. When that's the case, we turn God into a genie. Can we really say that we understand Christ? Can we really say that we understand the mission of Christ if we aren't willing to sacrifice for Christ? Last week, we, we looked at this thing called the Mount of, of Transfiguration, where, where Jesus goes up on a mountain and he's transformed. We see the glory of God comes down on earth over Jesus. It's this awestruck moment. And in that moment, Christ's agenda to sacrifice for feeble mankind is encouraged. It's a powerful moment. It's a clear moment. What follows from that moment, what we'll look at today is where Jesus has to turn to a few and say, let this sink in. Let it sink in that before we get caught up in the glitz and the glamour of God, that we might need to be redirected. Our expectations might need to be redirected. Where does this all lead? It leads to sacrifice. Here's where we pick up in Luke chapter 9 of our series, The New Normal. It says on the next day, a timestamp for us. Soon thereafter, following what happened last, what we talked about last week, when they had come down from the mountain, a great cloud met him. So it's like they had, they had this powerful moment it was this incredible moment, and there's no pause. Now they're right there going. And behold, a man from the crowd cried out, Teacher, a sign of respect for, for them in that day. Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. Only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth, and it shatters him. And he and will hardly leave him. And I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. See, at the beginning of the series, we looked at Jesus sending out the disciples. They go on mission for Christ. They're told, don't take a lot with you. I've got you. And over that experience, they're able to exercise demons. They're able to cast out demons. And so if you're the reader following along in this, you might be wondering, well, did pride set in for the disciples because they were once able to do this and now here they are they've tried and they have failed they obviously have 
much to still learn. But here is this father with his only son, a son gripped by evil. Ancient people would have seen everything that we're reading, everything that we're looking at. Ancient people would have, would have seen that as, as perhaps epilepsy. And they would have associated with insanity before evil. So here are the disciples. Here are this man. They're able to correctly identify the source of the child's suffering, not as insanity, but as evil, where exercising a demon would have been needed. They knew the right problem, but they didn't have the way about going towards the right solution. Recently, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a fix-it type of person. I am a call-a-guy kind of person. And uh, my light in my kitchen was broken. And so I thought it was just a simple light bulb fix, but my, there, the light bulb in my kitchen where the, under over the table, it's like these fancy light bulbs. Uh, I needed to go and get it. And so I, I, I got the fancy light bulb. I switched it. I thought it was all manly and all like I got this. And the light didn't turn on. So I was like, crap. Uh, so I tried in the other one, and it, and it worked. So I was like, wow, that's weird. Like, I have on the same source of power, one light works and one light doesn't. And then, like, a week later, the second light went out. And I was like, well, I really screwed something up. Like, this is awful. And uh, so I, I called my buddy Amos. He's in my life group. Y'all should join a life group. And uh, I called my buddy Amos in, in, in my life group, and I was like, dude, I think I need you to come out and look at my electricity. Like, it's it's all, like, not working and crap. And I told him what was going on. And he's like, oh, it's, it's the lamp. Like, those types of lamps have, like, transponders or something in the top, and uh, that they have fuses that can blow, and then you need to change out the whole lamp. And I was like, cool. So I told Ava, like, hey, you have to buy new lamps, and she's all, like, Joanna Gaines and whatnot. And she's like, cool. And so she spent money on that, and we were able to do that, change out the lamps, and everything, everything works. I was able to identify the problem, so I thought, and my fix wasn't right because my problem wasn't right. There was a disconnection there. Like there's a disconnection for the disciples here. We do this everyday life. Jesus, my, my relationship is broke. Fix my boyfriend. When Jesus is looking at you saying, well, actually, I'm trying to fix you first. <laughs> Jesus, my, 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 my relationship is broken. Please fix it. Where Jesus might be looking at us and saying, yes, it's broken. It's meant to be broken. I don't want you in this relationship in the first place. It's not meant to be fixed. Jesus, money is tight. Give me more money. Where Jesus might be saying, well, more money might not be the fix. You're begging me for the income check, but you're spending money here, here, and here. The fix isn't more money. The fix is spending your money differently. What, what is broken in life? Are you willing to bring it to Jesus? Yeah? Okay. Are you willing to bring it to Jesus and then listen to Jesus? If you're not willing to listen to Jesus, are you really, really willing to bring it to Jesus? Here's where, here's where the text continues to go on to go now. He says, now Jesus answered, oh, faithless and twisted generation. So something is, is messed up here. It triggers Jesus. How long am I to be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. Well, while he was coming, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit. So obviously this is a bad thing, an evil thing, and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And all were astonished at what? The majesty of God. 
Despite the Lord's disappointment, his frustration in this scene, he has compassion on the child. The man brings his afflicted child. Jesus heals him with ease. And not a partial healing. Complete, total healing. Completely protected. It's a sign of his greatness. If you, if you dig into the original language, if you're, if you're one of the, uh, the original audiences seeing the story, hearing about the story, you would know that that word greatness brings about full splendor. That it would speak to the, the magnificent nature of Jesus. But Jesus, as, as Jesus does, wh- where do the people go? They're not in awe of Jesus. They're in awe of God. And, and that day, that, that, that's, a, that's a slight difference. So where I see it with the, dis- the mistake that the disciples are making is that they tried to exercise this demon independent of God. They were trying to do it in their power, not in God's power. As if it was their power to command. This is something that they will learn. Later on in the book of Acts, Peter, Peter, you'll, you'll hear this. Peter will say, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have to give you In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. For the disciples, the power of the Holy Spirit was something that they learned to handle. To do things in the power of God and to give Him all honor. To give Him all glory and not to try to do it in their own power, their own spirit. Lesson learned. Hey, allow me to do something for you. Or allow Jesus through me to do something. One is a sinful attitude, and one is a worshipful attitude. If you're on Instagram and you use some hashtags, you might get some DMs. People might slide into your, your DM, if you will. And uh, I, uh, I've been using some hashtags all week trying to get one of these things, and finally I got one uh, from uh, Cherry uh, Standish. Uh, she has zero followers and zero posts, but she wants to be my friend. And uh, she slid into my DM, if, if you will, and said, hey, uh, we can talk more closely. No idea what that means. And this person probably isn't even American. Uh, she's probably from overseas or something. I don't know. But seriously, like, this is all, so, like, you've been there and you've gotten stuff like this. And you might look at this, and, I've, and there are people that would say, ignore, delete, or accept. Should I allow this to happen? And there are so many people that right away they're like, oh, this is going to be fun, except, and they get themselves in trouble. There's another group of people that would look at this, swipe away, look at this, swipe away, look at this and be like, oh, what the heck, let's have some fun, except. And now they get themselves into a world of trouble. Whether you accept the temptation right away or whether you come back to it later, you justify it somehow, don't you? There's this temptation to do things in our power, or the temptation to do things should be the pride of saying, no, our humbleness, that I'm going to give it all to Jesus. Zach was was talking about that. When when temptation is before us, do do we say phrases like, the devil made me do it, or, hey, I'm just human anyways. I'm just human as a way to dismiss it, like, oh, it must be okay. Or we'll go to another extreme where we'll, we'll be like this, this righteous wimp that thinks that we could never overcome Satan and his, and his evil dominion. 
because they're just too powerful, that, that they are a Goliath-like figure. We lose sight of greater is the one who is in me than he who is in, in the world. The faith that Jesus is calling us to when, when there's a temptation before us to do things in our strength or in his strength is to say no sin needs to go undefeated. And certainly Satan doesn't need to get more credit than he is due. He deserves no credit. He is not as powerful as the one who lives inside of me. So how do you handle the temptation that is in front of you? Here's now where the story ends for us today. But well, all were marveling at everything he was doing. That's where they brought him to marvel. Jesus said to his disciples, let these words sink into your ears. Can you imagine hearing that from Jesus? Like him looking at you and saying, let this sink into your ear. Rather offensive, but Jesus is able to say that because of who he is. The son of man, his humanity, is about to be delivered into the hands of men. God delivered into the hands of feeble men. But they did not understand uh, this saying, and it was concealed from them so that they might not perceive it. So they were afraid to ask him about this saying. The crowd is marveling, and Jesus reminds them that their admiration is going to be short-lived. Jesus was just on the mountain where some Old Testament, some old, old prophets, people that had gone the way of the earth years, thousands of years before Jesus came onto the scene, they, they're now here on the scene saying, Jesus, you're going to die for mankind. We're encouraging you. Finish the mission. Go strong. Reminding and encouraging how this ends. This is going to end in your death. And Jesus leaves the mountain, mountain with his focus set on Jerusalem. And so in his mind, it has, it's, as it has sunk in with Jesus, now he's looking at the disciples and saying, let this sink in. They love me. They're marveling at me. But soon they're going to hate me. Here in the scene, they're, they're dazzled with exorcism but they've missed the glory of Jesus. They've missed the suffering Jesus. And so it's concealed, it's hidden from them. Whatever, it, whatever that might be, we can argue about that. Theologians might argue about that. But all that it ends up being for you and I is that someday they will be able to look back on this and say it all makes sense. When crap hits the fan in the future, they're going to be able to look back and say, Jesus said it. Everything that's playing out, Jesus going to the cross, Jesus suffering. Oh yeah, aha. Uh -huh. None of this is a mistake. So the disciples learn that they must trust God's plan for Jesus. So you and I can learn to trust God's plan for us. So where might Jesus be looking at you right now and saying, let this sink in. Monday, I had a long day. Started early doing grinding early in the morning on, on work and whatnot. And, uh, and then I just, I had meetings and whatnot. I couldn't get ahead of work. And so I had to, I took my kids to a, a park to get them out of the house. And uh, so Ava could have some focused time. I took them to a park and I was at a, at a bench reading a book that I needed to read for a meeting in the evening. And the kids were playing. And then we get back to the car and I, in enough time for me to rush to my evening meeting. And I get back to my car and my car is dead. And uh, the battery had died. We jumped it on my way to the park and thinking it just needed a jump. 
Then we get to the park and my battery dies. And uh, so we realize we need a new battery. So I call Progressive. They, uh, they're sending out a tow truck. Tow truck is on its way. It takes like forever to get there. And then when the tow truck gets there, the way it's all positioned, we have to push my van. And my van is on just a very, very slight incline. Nothing extreme, but it was uh, enough of an incline where I needed somebody more than myself. And so I'm at the park, and there's, there's a, a big thing going on in the pavilion. And, uh, and, the, and when I look around, I see, I see two dudes and a bunch of, like, high school kids. And, uh, and so I go, I go to the first dude. I was like, hey, can you help me push my car? And he's like, I just had back surgery. I, I can't. I was like, okay, good excuse. That makes sense. Okay, cool. I go to the second guy. And he's a, he's a bigger dude, so I was kind of hoping he would say yes anyways. And uh, so I go to the bigger dude, uh, and uh, I was like, hey, in my car, could you help me push it? I need to push it like nine feet, not long, not a lot of work, just needed a little extra hand. And he looks at me and goes, uh, I don't know, maybe these high school kids can. And I was like, huh? Like, huh? What kind of human are you? And uh, so I was like, okay, well, so I look at the high school kids, and they're all like, I was like, okay, maybe this will be fun for them. I was like, hey, the six of you, could we all have some fun and get behind my van and push my van? You work with the youth, right? Okay. You want to know what those dirt bags said to me? They look at me, and they say, we'll do it for $300. I was like, get the heck out of here. I thought they were kidding. And then negotiating with me, they're like, okay, we'll do it for 25 And I was like, no, I'm giving you no money. And so I walked over. Ava had met me there at this point. And, and I walked over to my other car and, and grabbed my seven-year-old son and my nine-year-old son. And the high school kids watched me and my two little boys start to try to push the car. Thankfully, we didn't have to. The guy was able to jump it with one of his machines or something that he was able to do it with. But the point is, this whole scene made me leave the parking lot infuriated. I'm like... Like, common courtesy. Like, where has humanity come to where a group of, what, seven individuals that are capable of giving me a hand all say to me, no, we won't do it. And, and I left saying, in my head saying, y'all need Jesus. But saying it with attitude, like, 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 not like, hey, like, can I tell you about my Jesus? But like, wanting to look at them and be like, let this sink in. You really need Jesus. Like, Jesus is like, you need Jesus. I left there angry. So my question is, where might God be looking at you and needing to say something similar? Let this sink in. Sometimes God is going to direct us places that on the surface makes no sense. Yet after a time, we see God led us there and we start to understand why. But at first, it doesn't seem to make sense. So are we willing to walk with Jesus even when we have questions? Faith, by nature, never fully makes sense. Yet it's never senseless. Why? Because of God. It made no sense to build the ark, but God. It made no sense to walk around a city, Jericho, and watch walls come falling down. It made no sense, but God. It made no sense for a shepherd boy to go and fight Goliath, but God. Are you waiting for this to all make sense on paper? Well, stop treating God like a math assignment. That's all going to make sense. Faith risks going down a path that we don't fully understand, but we go down it simply because God said, turn here. Or God might be saying, hey, it's a dead end. Turn around. 
So, so let this sink in. God very likely is calling you to a place of sacrifice, wanting you to learn through the process. Sacrifice the relationship. Why? Because it isn't good for you. Sacrifice drunken habits because it's not leading you anywhere good. Sacrifice looking at your computer, looking at your phone, thinking no one can see. Sacrifice your time in the morning to spend time with Jesus. Sacrifice your comfort to go on mission for Christ. Sacrifice. It all has to make sense before saying yes to Jesus. Our big thought for this experience here is this. To know Jesus is to know sacrifice. Too many of us as Christians are content having the bar of sacrifice be culture. I sacrifice just a little bit more than culture. Jason, I would have pushed your car. I'm a great person going to heaven because I would have pushed your car. I'm just a little bit better than culture. Culture isn't the bar. Jesus is the bar. This weekend, we're going to have a, a, a bunch of cookouts. It's a uh, it's the 4th of July is up and coming. We've been quarantined for months. We're all sick of being quarantines, uh, quarantined. And so we're going to have some cookouts. We're gonna, we've been quarantined, quarantined, and we're going to go, we're going to go crazy on the 4th of July. For many of us, that will be boozing and cruising and all sorts of things. My question is this. Is there a way to sacrifice your version of fun for the mission of Christ? See, our, our mission statement as a church is that we exist to ignite a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community. There's a way to do this during cookout season, during barbecue season. Last year uh, on Labor Day, uh, I got my life group together and uh, put my grill in, uh, grill in, what is this? Whatever this is, grill in whatever apron on, and uh, got my, my Patriots World Series uh flipper uh, and uh, and we started grilling. I said, hey, we're going to have a grilling party and it's not for my life group just to hang out because to me that would be a waste, not a complete waste of time, but a little bit of a waste of time because we're on focus, we're focused on, on gathering the one, getting the one. And I was like, okay, let's have a party for the one. We're going to have a cookout. I'll, supply, I'll spend all the money. I'll buy all the meat and uh, you invite your ones. I'll invite my ones. We'll have a big old cookout and we'll see what Jesus can, can do with this. And, uh, and so None of their ones came. I think they did try to invite some people, but none of them came. And one neighbor came during the day. One of, like, so here we are for three hours, and one of my neighbors came. And I was like, oh, this is, like, I was like, come on. I was, I was bummed. Later that night, my other neighbor from across the street comes as we're cleaning up and stuff, starts talking to me. And uh, he's like, you know what, like, tells me about his faith journey and he, how he, he almost died at one point, then drugs and alcohol, and, and just this crazy story, but faith kind of intertwined into that, and then he's like, and then I got this job, and I, I haven't been able to make it church to church, but I'm going to retire soon. And he's like, as soon as I retire, I'm going to come to your church and, 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 and get back on track with God. And then, and, then he, and then he leaves, and I was talking to Ava like over the night, at night, and I was like, this day feels like a waste. Like, my neighbor's like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, once I retire, I'll start coming to church. And I was like, he's so full of crap. Guess what? He retired and started coming to church that very Sunday, and he's not missed a Sunday since, and now he's in my life group. So who was full of crap, him or me? Me. That cookout, in the moment, felt like a complete waste. But I got to connect not only with my neighbor across the street, shout out to Todd, 
I got to connect with one of their husbands, uh, one of my life group people, her husband, and I got to connect with him, and we got to bond and, and go have a deeper friendship, and it's been a really strong friendship moving forward. It's been really healthy and good. One of my other, my, my neighbor that came during the day is somebody that was like, Christianity, Jesus, I, I'm not too sure about that, but saw me in my I Turn grill, Grills On uh, apron and was like, okay, like I can, you can be a Christian and be somewhat, I don't know if this makes me normal, but makes me funny. I'm hilarious. And he's like, okay, like I could maybe talk with this guy. And now there's been times where he's come over to my house saying, Jason, I just need someone to talk to. Can we talk? So this grill party, barbecue, whatever, Felt like a waste of time, but God did something through it. Mission requires sacrifice because sacrifice is what birthed the mission. This weekend, you can hang out with your bae, your boo, the girl you're talking to, your crush, whatever you call them these days, your girl. You can hang out with her or you can hang out with your one. But if you can't do both, the person that you're trying to share Jesus with, if, if you can't hang out with your girl and your one at the same time, it's not time to get a new one. It's time to get a new girl. <laughs> so here's my challenge for us this weekend. My challenge is this. Make the fourth for the one. Jesus came and he made sure that he's frustrated. Know this. This is about me going to the cross. This is about sacrifice. And guess what? It's a snapshot to what you will need to do as well. You will go the way of the cross as well. This weekend, the 4th of July, make the 4th missional. So know what we're going to do? We're not going to have drive-in church. If you're watching from drive-in church, we'll see you in two weeks. We're not having drive-in church on the 4th of July. Why? Because we believe this. The 4th of July is an opportunity not to celebrate our freedom as a country, although that is part of it. The 4th of July is now an opportunity for you and I to celebrate the freedom that we have in Christ to go on mission and bring hope to a hurting world. It's more than a burger. It's more than a hot dog. It's about sharing the love of Christ with people. So sacrifice perhaps your version of fun to go on mission for Jesus. Thank you for checking out a sermon recorded right here at Wellspring Church in Toms River. If it's your first time connecting with us, we'd love to stay connected with you. So don't forget to like and subscribe to this video. And then down in the description box below, there's ways to give online. There's our social media accounts. We'd love to stay connected with you throughout the week. We love and appreciate you, and we hope you have a fantastic week.